Welcome to Influencer Business, where influencers get help with the hard stuff. We're a team of influencers and entrepreneurs dedicated to bringing professional resources and infrastructure to our community. I'm Rich Gudelari, CEO of Trove. I'm an entrepreneur focused on helping influencers run and grow their businesses with the resources and information they need. Our weekly podcast features guests from across the professional landscape, sharing their experiences and advice and answering questions from the Trove community, which you can submit on our website at www.trovebusiness.com. Welcome back to Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudelari. Good to have you here with us. We are on our fourth installment of our masterclass on how to work with brands. If you're just joining us, make sure you head back and listen to the first three installments. They're awesome, just chock full of awesome advice from our contributors. Our contributors work at agencies or they're independent consultants and they run influencer programs for brands. So they sit in between the brands and the influencers. They see everything under the sun, everything you could possibly imagine they have seen, the good, the bad, the ugly. We cover this in some of the previous installments of this masterclass. And as a quick reminder, um, our contributors uh, come from all over the place. Um, we have Carly Hill, who is both an influencer and works at Allison Broad Marketing and Communications. Lauren McGrath, who works at Activate. Sydney Fazand, who works at LaForce. Angie Niles, who's an independent consultant. And then Alex Hoynotska from ShopStyle. In this fourth installment of this masterclass, we're asking our contributors to take a step back and take a 10,000-foot view and answer three very simple questions. One, how can you be a better partner as an influencer to a brand? So from their perspective, what can influencers do just to be better partners to brands and retailers? Two, what can brands do to be better partners to the influencers? Because I think it's really important to put yourself in the shoes of the brands and understand things from their perspective. And then three, what can influencers do to work with more brands? Because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about, right? Developing stronger relationships with brands and developing more relationships with brands. And so that's what this episode is going to be all about. Uh, and let's dive right in. The first question that we ask them is, what can influencers do to be better partners to brands? And we'll start with Angie Niles. Respond more to emails, even if you're declining on being inv invited to an event or asked if you were interested in gifted products. Just respond and say no, because it's just easier for someone like me to just add it to the list of, oh, no, they can't make it. Let me invite someone else. Or it doesn't hurt my feelings. Like, and I know people get a million emails, so I understand that. But just like a quick, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Because then maybe when I have a paid thing, I might still go back to them if I really feel they're right for the brand. But when they don't respond, then I just assume they have zero interest in the brand, non-paid or paid. So I might not think of them for paid. So that and then number two be upfront if you need an extension on a project. Like I can't stand it. Even people I'm close with sometimes don't post on the day they're supposed to post. And I don't even, and I'm trying to find out from their manager or them directly what happened. Why didn't you post? And if they needed more time, just ask me because 99% of the time I'm going to get it approved because I'm accountable to my client. So if I tell my client they're posting on a Friday and anything goes live and I don't get an answer or a response, I'm accountable for that. I look like a jerk to my client. They look like a jerk to the client. So just ask in advance because you're most likely going to get a yes if you ask for an extension. Third is don't say yes to every single job that's offered to you and be smart about your choices. And don't take, don't take projects for a fraction of the fee unless it's like your dream project and your dream brand. But there's a lot of girls who are getting hurt by things 
because let's say if they're in the range of followers where a post from them, they would be like a $1,500 for an Instagram activation and they're accepting like 250 By accepting that, not only they're devaluing themselves, but they're hurting their girls within their same realm because the brands aren't going to pay the true price that they deserve. Next up is Lauren from Activate. I think having a crystallized vision for how they would like to grow their brand or their channels, like an expansion plan of some kind, um, you know, being able to uh, sort of flush that out and being able to, you know, uh, accurately sort of articulate that to brands, I think goes a long way and, and sort of helps jog the imagination in terms of where partnerships can go. So I would say that's number one. Um, I think it's like, you know, good partnership on a project. So submitting deliverables on time, making sure that post drafts have the right grammar, the right handles, the right hashtags, um, just, you know, sharing their concepts before the influencer creates their content. Little things like that make such a huge difference in the quality of the content, um, in the authenticity of the narrative and ultimately garners, you know, um, more positive feedback from brands as well as from agencies like ours. So uh, I would say that that's hugely important. And then I think, um, you know, sort of the third thing, you know, in addition to like evoking a lifestyle, making sure that you are developing um, a persona and a personality, um, you know, through your channels, I think is really important as well. You know, we've definitely seen video become you know, more and more prominent in, um, in the mix. And I think that presents influencers with an opportunity to, um, you know, be a little bit more candid and, and showcase their personalities a little bit more. Um, you know, it's not just relegated to YouTubers only anymore. So I would say that that is, if we, if we feel like that influencer is more than an account, they're a person and we know that person and trust that person, it's going to be a lot easier to bring the partnerships. So I would say those are sort of like the three areas where I would, I would definitely recommend influencers sort of focus their attention and, and you know, really think about um, as they, uh, you know, try to make themselves more attractive to, to brands and agencies. Next, we'll hear from Alex from ShopStyle. I would be authentic and true to yourself. And if you have to turn down a campaign, please do. Um, nothing is worse than creating content that just feels, you know, inauthentic to you. It won't be successful for the brand as well. Um, and it might isolate your audience. So that's number one. Number two is just be nice. It's so, I mean, this is definitely something we consider on our end when we're casting. If, if you're a, you know, if you have great performance and great content, but you are notoriously difficult to work with, we will deprioritize. And that is just something that we have in our notes. Um, and I think there's, there's something to be said about just being a good partner and working well with people. And then the third one is just going the extra mile for the brand and making sure that you're understanding the, you know, the campaign asks. And if there's a way that you can add additional content, great. I know sometimes it's really hard to do. I mean, influencer calendars are so full um, and they're doing so much. Um, and so that's, you know, that's not necessarily a normal ask, but I do feel like a brand recognizes when a, when an influencer goes above and beyond and they do talk to, to one another. And obviously we notice that here internally. So that's just a great way that, that you can stand out. Next is Sydney from LaForce. So this is something that I think, um, 
anyone in my position would really appreciate. What I really dislike, regardless of um, your incredible representation or talent managers, is when their influencer does not have that direct line of communication with, with the brand or the person that's kind of putting that brief across your desk. I will say that you are more likely to have less than ideal campaign results when you do not have that dialogue with the person that you're working with. Reason being because you are putting so much trust in your proxy, be that your talent to ask all the questions and, and sometimes they miss things and sometimes they misinterpret things. And, and then when you create this content and hand it back, you know, you're doing what your talent manager said, not necessarily like what the brand had intended you to do. So I'll say that sometimes can result in less than ideal products. Right. So, so that's what I would say. Don't, don't be too precious with yourself because like, what, what do you have to lose? Lose five minutes of your time, you know, to kind of like speak to this brand. You could lose five years of business. And finally, Carly from ABMC. Going above and beyond, like I said, you know, just showing that you are so excited to be a partner with this client or brand. And when you can give that little extra love in a story or wherever it may be, that always is such a great um, building relationship to the brand. Um, again, being professional and being aware of those timelines and guidelines so that it's truly stays on track and it's not creating a bad partnership between you and the influencer, but also the influencer and the client. Like I always want to put the influence in the best positive light for the client when I share those results and having to go back to them being like, they didn't know they had to have a post due by today. So now we're going to have to delay it. So I always, like, I always want, the biggest thing is we want the influencers to do their absolute best too. It's not trying to like find someone to do bad and then blacklist them, whatever it may be. Like we want to see you guys soar too. Um, and so just being aware of that is only going to help in the end. The next question I asked them was, what can brands do to be better partners for influencers? Because it's really important for not only brands to hear this from the agencies and the consultants that they work with, but it's also important for you as an influencer to think about this and make sure that your brand partners are investing as much into the partnership as you are as an influencer. First up is Sydney from La Force. You know, I, I believe that my clients at Buff Clicquot are the best type of clients when it comes to influencer programming. Um, they're so open-minded and I'll call them a little bit, they're so flexible. And I think that their flexibility is really rooted within the idea and the ethos that these influencers serve to, to tell the brand story, but like in their own way. Right. So their brand guidelines, when it comes to these like promoted posts or, or whatever, it's, it's really just like, here's how to properly serve our champagne. You know, everything else, that human touch, you know, that, that twist, everything else kind of like lives with that influencer to, to do. And that's where I think you see so much of, of that magic come through. And, and sometimes when, um, you know, like maybe an influencer partner has this like wild idea and maybe the brand doesn't feel too sure of it. Um, something that my team and I always try to do is like kind of go back to the influencer and be like, okay, this wild idea we like, but you have to do what the brand wants as well. <laughs> and then I will, I honestly will say, I think like 80% of the time that wild idea ends up being approved or something that gets the brand excited just because sometimes you have to like see it to believe it. So I, I think that there's that sort of, you know, it takes two to tango. 
kind of thing when it comes to really like innovating and optimizing around these like influencer programs. But I think like the the rigidity, you know, that sometimes brands have when they approach influencers, it, it's really they're, they're just trying to be careful, you know, and, and maybe they're not as familiar with, with influencer marketing in general, or, you know, maybe they just spent I don't know, a million dollars, like reimagining their, their visual guidelines, right? So how flexible, are, you know, are they going to be in their first influencer spend after that? So there are, you know, just a lot of considerations in that, in that process. But like in my, my career, handling a lot of influencer programs, I do think that, you know, the, the Buffalo co-brand team really has it, you know, figured out in terms of like what, what makes for an interesting program. Next up is Angie Niles. Respect influencers' time and value they bring to the project. So don't expect that because they receive a product that within 24 hours, they can shoot it and send back the photos. I think like you get what you pay for in that regard because then they're, they're just going to rush, go outside on the street corner and then submit their photos. I like to have a minimum of three weeks where the person at least has three weeks with the product, if not longer, because you're just going to get better results. But Brands, I mean, I hear more often from my friends than I do from what my clients because I feel like I really try to educate my clients early on with like, these are my rules. These are, you have to like stick by them. Um, And that's the biggest one for me is getting people the product and time to shoot a great content. Two is understand the process and that generosity goes a long way. I absolutely refuse when when I'm doing gifting to ever ask for a post. And a lot of brands don't understand that. And they like complain to me, but I tell them up front, even in the initial meeting. So if they don't want to hire me for that reason, that's fine. Then at least there's, we're all understood and on the same page. But for me, you, if you don't ask for any, obviously the end goal is to get some sort of placement of the product. So every influencers know that I don't have to ask. They know that would be the goal. And if I don't ask for anything, I end up, I end up getting a lot more in return. Um, what you said earlier, which is that it generally takes three to four place times for a customer to see something before they buy it. They don't always just, it doesn't just happen overnight. And don't just look at the number. Influence isn't judged based on the number of Instagram followers. There's like so much more to it. Next, we'll hear from Lauren McGrath. Yeah, I would think first and foremost, um, knowing that the value proposition is of utmost important importance rather um, is is hugely important. I can't tell you, um, you know, how many times we'll be talking to a prospective client and you know just where the expectations lie in terms of influencer deliverables versus what they're providing that influencer with in terms of compensation or in terms of product. It is it is very frequently not um, not aligned in the way that it should be. So I think that it's really important that um, that brands. You know, sort of think long and hard about what they can provide influencers with, not just from a compensation standpoint, but from a cross-promotional standpoint, a credibility standpoint, and, you know, sort of the list goes on and on. Um, so I think that's like one thing. Um, I would say, you know, clear... Um, you know, clear and concise guidelines, um, whether you're giving the influencer creative freedom or whether you are, um, you know, whether you are, uh, you know, sort of being a little bit more prescriptive with what the guidelines are, just sort of setting the expectations appropriately from the get-go is, is hugely important in setting up a successful partnership and setting up a partnership where the influencer has an interest in continuing to work with you. Um, and then I think the third piece of it, um, really brand immersion. So, you know, any time that I've seen 
an influencer and a brand get together, whether that's at an event or in a meeting or a kickoff call, the content's always better. The influencer's more likely to um, create some level of added value content, support that partnership or support that brand. Um, and overall, I think consumers just just respond better to like the deliverables of that, of that partnership. So I think making sure that whenever you're working with influencers, there is an opportunity for brand immersion, even if it's just a, you know, phone call with, with the brand going beyond email. Um, I know really, um, really helps fast track relationships. Next is Carly from ABMC. Just trusting us. I think a hard thing for a lot of clients is that they want to just get those talking points out. They want this or they have a vision of what the image looks like. And I love when an influencer comes back and says, you know, can we tweak this a little bit? I think this will perform really well for my brand better. My audience loves this. They know I post, when I post on a Tuesday morning, it does the absolute best. So a big thing for us is letting our, we want the brands to know, like we have to trust influencers sometimes and like they want to, we want everyone to perform well. So letting them tell us those things is only going to help their campaign do even better. That's the one that always stands out to me the most, to be honest, because it's been a growing lesson for the agency that the clients are having to put all their trust in the influencers. And we we really only have the results that show it's worked. It's never really backfired on us to when the influencer says, I really sh- think I should post on an, at night or whatever it may be. And then it, we see that those results skyrocket. So that's definitely a big one. Finally, we have Alex from ShopStyle. Don't look at influencer marketing as a one and done approach. Um, try and you know and re- realize that this is the most successful way to do this is through building brand ambassadors and through getting influencers to continuously um, promote your brand because it usually takes people at least five to seven times to see a brand on an influencer site to take action um, for the most part, like any other marketing channel. And the final question I asked them was, what can influencers do to work with more brands? Because that's the name of the game. You want to grow your business. You want to grow your brand. You want to grow your revenue. You have to work with more brands. How do you do that? First up, we have Sydney from LaForce. Um, but it's like, I, I do feel it's kind of like that, that more seasoned crop, those those influencers, that set of, of individuals, I feel like they really kind of carry themselves as a business. And that costs in, in everything that they do. It's the way that they interact with you in person. It's the way that they behave behave at events. It's the way they follow up or, or send their emails or pitch you or, or even kind of like see their content program down a pipeline, right? I think that it's kind of like the, the new crop where you don't always see that. You know, it's kind of like, email. Hey, I'd, I'd love to work with you. Talk to you later. You know, and, and also just, I can't tell you the amount of DMs I get across all my brands where all it says is um, sponsorship opportunity or partnership collaboration. And they just like expect the brand to reach out to them. I think collaboration inquiry is the biggest one. And that's all it is. It's those two words. And it, it's sort of like mind boggling me that, you know, these, these people, no matter how you know, they, they just need to treat their business. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, if they're, if they're really wanting to collaborate and they really want to make money, they really need to treat themselves as if they were a business, as if they themselves were a brand. Like, is this the first person that you want to have? You don't realize that the same people that are scoping out these influencer partnerships are the same ones managing, you know, these inquiries coming through. 
but that's that's kind of something that I I would I would keep in mind is just kind of like treating yourself as a brand. You know, this is a business. This is an in- industry, and you know, I don't I don't think any brand, any place, just has money to throw away or cash to light on fire. Next up, we have Angie Niles. Develop relationships and be kind. Work hard to have a positive and professional reputation for yourself because you never know who's switching jobs. The person you you were once rude to at brand A might now move to brand B, which is your dream brand, and you're never going to get a project there because they remember. And it doesn't you know, it takes more effort to be rude and nasty and disrespectful than it is to be kind. And I think, you know, we sure all hear the like horror stories and everybody in the industry talks. So all of my friends who work in influencer marketing know my horror stories and who I don't like working with and vice versa. So it's not just, you're not just being rude to that one particular brand. Like dozens of people might potentially find out about it. And it's just... Just be be nice. Be professional. Next up is Alex from ShopStyle. I really do think that, you know, working with brands, it's it's really important to keep in mind going back to the be nice, be a pleasure to work with. It's it's really going back to you know a true partnership because we're people working with people. The brands, and this is something brands have to remember too, and we constantly remind them that, like, you're not buying a programmatic ad. You're not, you know, this, you know, you can't just change dates halfway. Um, these are people working with people, and, and it goes both ways. And I think that, um, you know, delivering content on time, being professional, and working well together and, and really being engaged and involved and, and a good partner for us and for the brand is, is really key to sustain. Next, we'll hear from Carly from ABMC. Just be authentic to yourself. You know, I think so many people get wrapped up on like, I don't have as many sponsored posts as this person, or I, like we said, having as many followers as this person. But if you're being authentic to yourself, it's only going to help grow the niche audience that you have that is love what you're doing. So try not to get wrapped up in those loop giveaways and not trying to get looped in just the trend of what everyone else is doing. I think, you know, people see, oh, everyone's posting about this clothing item. So I have to go buy this item and post about it, even though it's really not my style, whatever that may be, it's just staying true to yourself is only going to help you find those partnerships and the clients that, make sense for you and can only help you grow. And finally, we have Lauren from Activate. Knowing your audience, I think. You need to know who follows you, who engages with you, you know, where where that audience is growing um, and, and, you know, sort of what that audience is looking for and engages with. If you don't know your audience, then you're not able to effectively do your job. So that was the last question that we had for our contributors. And I'm going to do a full recap episode, our fifth installment. Um, But really quickly, I just wanted to recap the last three questions that we covered in this installment. Uh, And instead of kind of going one by one, I think there's one really key takeaway, and perhaps it's blatantly obvious, but... I think one of the things that jumped out at me was that if you think critically about a lot of the tips and tricks that our 
uh, contributors are giving uh, in the in their answers, it's really just comes down to one thing: kind of treating other people the way you want to be treated in the professional environment. Like you want everyone to be easy to work with. You want every email you see to get a res- you send to get a response. You want everybody to be kind. It's you know, and I know it can get hard when you're juggling a lot of different things. I mean, being an influencer is not easy. You have to be, you know, the content strategist. You have to be the talent. You have to be the business manager. You have to be all of these things. And so it can get hard. But when it boils down to it, what gets brands excited about working with an influencer, what get, makes agencies and consultants excited about working with an influencer is people who deliver on time, who are a pleasure to work with, and who are professional in how they act. Um and that's quite simple. And so when you're in the throes of these partnerships, when you're in the throes of your busy times, when you're just working to make ends meet uh, and make, get a project out the door, whatever it might be, fall back on that. Think about if you're in their shoes, what would you want? And when you're in your shoes, what do you want out of them? And it, 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 it simplifies things in tremendously especially when you have 50 million things going on at once. If you can stay focused on that one thing, I know it's trite, but the golden rule, treat people how you want to be treated. If you can focus in on that, you're going to see just a tremendous improvement in the relationships that you build, the partnerships that you have, and the amount of business that you get. So make sure you're consistent with these little things. They'll build over time. They'll help you develop a wonderful reputation, and it'll help you build an even better business than you have today. So again, a big hearty thank you to our contributors. We could not have done this without them. They have been amazing, giving us their time and sharing their insights. Um, Make sure you head over to trovebusiness.com, check them out, connect with them. Uh, At the end of the day, they want to see you succeed because if you succeed, that means they're doing their job well, which means they get more business. Uh, So they're looking to connect with great influencers all the time. So don't hesitate to reach out to them. A few of them have given specific tips on what stands out to them. So make sure you utilize those. They're giving you the answers to the test. Um, And if you have more questions, hit us up, trovebusiness.com. A ton of great content, amazing resources for you there. And make sure you tune in to our fifth installment, which will be a recap, kind of the broad takeaways from all the four installments from our contributors. Uh, We look forward to that. A big shout out to Pete Crimmy, who always makes us sound better over the airwaves than we do in person. Uh, And with that, thanks so much for being with us here today on Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudelari, and we'll see you next time.